Hello and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. Good morning, Jess. Good morning. How's it going this fine Friday? Should we admit that it's Friday when we we put this out like a full week later? No, because if we put it out, we should start putting it out on a Friday. And then no one would know. Quick turnaround. But it is Friday. We haven't usually given ourselves this much buffer. This is new. We're trying something out. (laughs) So... I wonder if people notice we went down to one per week. I feel like nobody notices things as much as you notice them when you're doing them. But yeah, one podcast a week is, I think, the first time all year we've done only one. Because we went right from doing The Last of Us, yep, doing just two randomly per just week. Two, I don't actually yeah, remember we what we did. Chose two topics, I guess. And then Veronica Mars. Yeah, you're right. We were overachievers. Indeed. And now we are not. Well, now we're going into the holiday season. I feel like it seems very reasonable because there's going to be so, I can't, I don't have time to watch all of my, you know, I mean, it was hard enough watching Veronica Mars and Halloween movies and the regular things that I was supposed to watch for double take. Like now we're going into made for TV movies. (laughs) Are you a, I I feel like I should know the answer to this. Mm -hmm. Are you a Hallmark movie watcher? In the past, I definitely have. I feel like at some point in junior or senior year of high school, I discovered that they just never stopped running. And that was great for someone who was in the midst of finals and just needed some like way to turn her brain off. Uh, so back then I was just like, hell yeah, give me all of the like random, just jolly content. <laughs> They're all bad. And then, so yes, I guess my, my answer is like soft. Yes. I don't really seek them out unless I'm in the mood or like you know, there are specific days. Like if you're like baking and you ran out of Great British Bake Off shows, you need a little Hallmark movie. No, I believe that. I don't I don't think I've seen any Hallmark movies, actually. I'm very into the like Netflix Christmas movies, yeah, which are I the same say, caliber, barely better. Totally the same. A lot of the streaming services have the same style. That's why I keep saying like made for TV movies, even though I know it's streaming. So like it's made for movie movies, but they're but the it same. But it's somehow like, still like not good. Like it, yeah, it, there is a tier, I'll call it, of movie that comes out around Christmas that like whether it's on Hallmark or Netflix or Prime or I don't know, straight to ABC family. Is that a thing? Yeah. Well, it's not even, a, that's not even a network anymore. <laughs> Freeform. That's but wild like, to me. Yeah. That's just like not good and stars actors that you haven't seen them in anything in like 10 years. And you're like, oh yeah, that person. Yeah. I, and the like, I mean, there've been spoofs. They all follow the same formula. Like, you know exactly what's going to happen as soon as the first opening scene comes on. Uh, there's something comforting about it. I enjoy them. It's sort of, it reminds me of like, not Emily Henry books, more like Tessa Bailey books. If you like made them a little more PG, PG what rated. Tessa Bailey write? she just writes the like classic romance setups where it's like small town boy and girl from the big city and, like, owns you, a Christmas tree shop. If somehow. you put Christmas in the books, it would be the same formula, but it's it. kind of nice knowing exactly what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. like, it's cozy, which is perfect for the season. Yes. I definitely like, I really, really like the Christmas Prince movies and the oh, Christmas those... Switch. Or no, the Prince Princess Switch and the Christmas Prince. Is that, I always- Those are the right ones. Up. Those are the Netflix ones, right? Those are the Netflix ones. There's like three in each series. They're both trilogies. 
and they're so bad, but they're so good. Like I can't go at Christmas anymore without watching them. I think I've seen the first in both of those trilogies. I don't think I've moved any further, but I do remember when they came out being like, there was a level of excitement of like, ooh, another like cheesy movie like this. But I, I don't think I liked them enough to then continue in the series. That's fair. I like the, so I, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, started the trying to watch as many scary movies in October as I can. That's that's like a fairly mm-hmm. new tradition for me. Mm-hmm. And then More of a when it moved really. into, yeah, a challenge. When it moved into not October anymore, I was like, wait, that was fun. And then so when Christmas movies started coming out, I was like, okay, let me watch a Christmas movie every night. But I'm, I I really don't, I don't love the Hallmark ones. Like somehow I said they're in the same tier as like the Netflix prime, whatever's, but somehow they just feel even, even lower. Like there's not even, I don't know, at least in Netflix, there was like the girl from ghosts or like the princess switch had Vanessa Hudgens. Like what does Hallmark have? Like actors who were side characters in a TV show like 10 years ago. Like there just wasn't anything like hooking me to those. Yeah, there. I I feel like I remember. I mean, they put so many out there. It's just like throwing everything at a wall, and like one sticks. There'll be like one that is like semi good, but out of you know hundreds of movies that they put out, or not not hundreds, but basically hundreds. Like there are so many. They there started, are so many. They started weeks ago. Yeah, their countdown to Christmas. There. We we figured that out yesterday. Yeah, October twentieth is their countdown to Christmas. Like that's taking it so far past what could be made fun of that it's how do you even make fun of that like respect i mean start on the first day of school like that's where that's (laughs) That's where they're going in a few years the netflix ones do have bad ones though i just said that they have like a better a better grouping of them but like i think you just named that i was thinking more and yeah those are like the two best ones but there was that one that was like christmas in california california christmas did you see that one? It was like girl out of vineyard moves to a vineyard. Oh my god, it was so bad. That to me was like Hallmark quality. That one was really bad. Then there was the one where I can't remember what it was called, but she like goes to a military base. Oh, I liked that one. Wait, Christmas, the, well, the Christmas drop. drop. Operation yeah. Drop. I wasn't gonna say that was bad, but I was gonna say that was very similar to like the one Hallmark Christmas movie that was like generally it was like a little decent. Yeah, no, they the the ones that we've just named are definitely like the worst ones on Netflix. Netflix got like lucky, I'll say, with Christmas Prince and Princess Switch. Those are so I can't. Those are so hard to say. Princess Switch and Christmas Prince, but otherwise, it's all Hallmark quality. My jaw dropped when you said you wanted to do the challenge again, and I thought you were saying that you had already started. Like November first came around, and you were like, "Oh, time to watch no, Christmas movies." But I probably good. will start. No, I don't think I, I don't, I don't start the movies until after Thanksgiving. I very reasonable. put up like actual Christmas decorations also until like, until at least like the week of Thanksgiving. And then in terms of watching movies, I try to do like a bad, a bad Christmas movie is what I'll call it. Like a Hallmark style movie. Yes. And then the next, and I'll try to alternate nights with like a yeah, good an Christmas movie. So like I'll I, watch Elf or my Elf's my Christmas day movie, but like actual good Christmas movies. And then I swap those, I swap days with the like crappy Christmas movies, somewhat for my own sanity, but also because Matt would simply not agree to watching 30 Hallmark movies in 30 days. That is that I was going to say when I was rambling earlier about how I felt about Hallmark style movies is it started in, in high school, but then in college, a friend of mine and I used to do exactly that. We would do 
we would do two movies in one night, but it would be like a really bad movie. And then the antidote movie, which was what we considered the same premise, but like executed much better or just like the same energy. Um, and it wasn't just for Christmas movies, but that's also one of the categories that we used. So I think that's a great method. I love, because then you enjoy the crappy one a little bit better. You know that there's an antidote coming. <laughs> do you have an example? I'm so curious. Like of a duo that you can think of off the top of your head. Oh, I put you on the spot, but I, yeah. I like this idea. I guess with mine, it's it's less specific because I'll just watch like Christmas Prince and then I'll watch like The Night Before, which is yeah. a good comedy if you haven't seen it. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'll think of, I'll, I'll mull on it. That oddly, for whatever reason, reminded me that Office Christmas Party is a really underrated gem. I actually love that. Office Christmas Party. It has Aubrey, not Aubrey, Olivia Munn and mm. Jason Bateman. It's like actually a great cast and it's so funny. And I feel like people haven't seen it. It's so good. That's a classic December watch for me. Although you know, it is, it's November and we're really talking about Christmas. Movies. I was just about to say, we probably lost everyone in this because we were like, psh, Hallmark starting in October, early November about their Christmas movies. We're, we're no better. It's their fault. Uh, we could talk instead about what we have been watching because that was the plan all along. I want a catch up with you. Okay. Me, I have a, a solid number of movies that I watched because it was October mm -hmm. and I was trying to do my scary movies thing. I did not achieve one per night. I didn't even come close. I think I was at like 15, but it's almost half. It was, it was a valiant effort. So I can talk about a handful of those. Um, if I'm allowed to start, I watched a movie like two nights ago that I'm pretty sure everybody else in the world has already seen, but I just watched it for the first time and it was so good. It's called Do Revenge. Why does that sound familiar? I haven't you seen it. You must have seen it. It's on mm -hmm. Netflix. It has Cami Mendez from Riverdale and Maya Hawk from Stranger Things. Oh no. It's relatively new, right? <laughs> like in the last year or two. It came out last year. Yeah. Yeah. Then, but no, I, I haven't. I seen feel like it. when it came out, like everybody watched it. And I remember, and it was, I think it was like because it was Cami Mendez and Maya Hawk, it and looked Stranger like a Things. fun, yeah. like inspired 2000s, like teen sort of movie inspired. And it had Olivia Rodrigo either in the trailer or like in a scene that was like played a lot. So it was like, okay, big when it, it came out. At least it was yeah. big in whatever circles. I'm in because I felt like everybody watched it and I just, we were like moving at the time it came out and just forgot about it. And it came up on Netflix the other day and I was like, yeah, we should totally watch this. It was so good. It had like updated cruel intentions vibes. Ooh. All right. I'll watch it. Yeah. That's one of that definitely came across my radar and then I, it sort of passed me by. I don't think I have friends that watch as many movies as you do. Oh, do None I get of the, the crown of person who watches most movies in your life? No. I'll take that crown. That, but also, I mean, you said like all of your peers had already seen it. And I don't think any other of my peers, except maybe you, have seen uh, movies lately. <laughs> I think I'm also thinking of like my peers in like TV movie TikTok. Mm, okay. Which that's, like, yeah, that checks out. They watch as many TV shows and movies, if not more. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think a couple of my friends in real life have seen it, but yeah, mostly I'm saying it so that those friends and other people can watch it because I, yeah, I don't think it was like a huge phenomenon. It just seemed like I was very late to the party. 
Nice. I mean, hey, is it is it spooky vibes? No. Or is it just teen movie? Okay. Do revenge just go either movie. way. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's a it's the classic sort of teen movie setup. There's not anything October or spooky about it. Cool. Sadly. I'm, I'm in. No, I'm just I'm for it. It's November again. now. Have you seen Carrie? I've never seen Carrie. No, I've no. Like that's one of those that like I know exactly what it's about. And so I've never felt like yeah, we were like I've a seen little a too young to have like seen it as children because it would have been, it would have been like not appropriate at the time. And then as I grew up, I was like, no, I know this story. And I've seen, yeah, I've seen like other versions of so it. So many parodies of it. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think do, I feel, I feel like I need to see the original. That could segue to me, me to my next show. Actually, there's like a really, there's a good segue in there, but I won't because I no, won't go for I, it. I won't. <laughs> I was going to say Sissy Spacek stars in the original Carrie. Okay. And she is a star in a show that I just watched. Woo, I did a segue. <laughs> and it's Stephen King. So it's actually like, oh, oh, oh nice. it's more related than, than it seems. Uh, and that's Castle Rock. But I, I do want to kick it over to you because I just talked and I need a talking break. What have you been watching? Fair enough. Um, well, I think we've already talked a lot about the spooky things that we were watching. But in the last week, which included Halloween, because Halloween was just this past Tuesday, feels like forever ago. I did watch, finally, I had kept Hocus Pocus on the back burner. So I watched Hocus Pocus to bake a little bit. And then on Halloween night, we watched Young Frankenstein, which I had not seen in a long, long time. And Carter had never seen. I never was- seen giggling i don't know that you i think you would like appreciate that it's like an old comedy movie but it's not very mel brooks do you like mel brooks humor i don't know yeah it's um i mean hey it's a classic i definitely was like okay i'm enjoying this because i've seen it before and i like some of these gags but also some of it feels very dated especially a lot of the things with like the women in it i'm like i <laughs> could have chosen uh, something else to watch but then there are the like dumb slapsticky jokes or repetitive humor that i found it funny because carter was just like giggling at these little gags so young frankenstein i'm sorry frankenstein as they say in the movie and then um and then the rest of my things are tv related so i could kick it back to you if you have any other movies you want to talk about i have a bunch of movies more than tv shows but i will just say on halloween since you said what you watched i watched yes, tell me can, can you guess it's what i watch every halloween um i feel like you said it which is why i'm not i think i did that's why i met i asked you to guess because i don't know that you would have known this about me you know i watch it every halloween season yes but, but i do how... try to save this one for halloween night how how is my brain so it's like a sieve a sieve what's that word i don't know i've only seen that written i can picture you saying it and i can't remember what it is it's halloween town oh obviously okay duh i'm sorry i know i knew you were gonna be like duh it's well it had to be either halloween town or hocus pocus right it's it would would have been one or the other but i watched hocus pocus on the first day of spooky season that's why Mm -hmm. i thought maybe you'd know because we talked about it in our last check-in but yeah i used to do hocus pocus and halloween town both on halloween night now i decided it's fun to sort of like book and both book and the yeah. season bookmark that bookend yeah bookend it's 
It's mark early. The, <laughs> mark the beginning and end of the season with yeah. my two favorite traditional Halloween movies. Mm, the traditionals. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone over the age of like our age is sitting here being like Halloween town. <laughs> <laughs> Oh They're like, what about Twitches too? <laughs> cringing. Oh, Twitches was one I could not get into. No, no, I was we just were too bitter old. because the books were so different. Mm. Like a little too old, definitely for Twitches too. But I feel like Twitches came out and I was like, what is this trash? These Twitches was, well, also I called it Tea Witches when I was reading the books. I didn't realize it was called Twitches. So that was a jump scare. I read all those books when I was younger and they were so different. Like they changed mm. everything about those books to make that movie. Bummer rude we honestly didn't, i didn't mean to take us onto a tangent uh sorry <laughs> no i'm happy because i don't know that i've ever gotten to rant about twitches before that was my time to shine yeah i definitely i i don't think i ever saw twitches too but i that's the name that sticks in my head rather than just plain twitches i don't think i saw it either i think what's sticking in your head is that it was t-o-o instead of I, yeah number is. two because i was also picturing t-o-o it was that was jarring that name Okay, what else have I been watching? I watched a lot of stuff that I already wrote in the newsletter. Like in terms of TV, I think everything I've watched has been in the newsletter. But so maybe I'll try to think of things that I didn't put in the newsletter about what I watched. Or I was going to check. I don't know if you've seen any of these. I know you were planning on watching some of the ones that I watched. I just put a couple that either I put in the newsletter or in our Sunday Sherry's but that I've watched more of since, um, except Upload. I put Upload season three here because I just put that in the newsletter, but I know you've watched some of it and I don't think we've talked about it. How far are you? No, I watched the first three episodes, which okay. I think there are four out for public viewing out right now. Or no, the, maybe the fifth one came out today, but you've seen, you watched the whole season? Yeah, I watched all eight episodes. Yeah. And uh, for those listening, it's via like a public, like a press gets the shows early. And I didn't, I had no interest after the, I I don't know. I watched three episodes and I was like, I'll watch, I know I'll watch it at some point, but yeah, I didn't really feel the need to keep going. So when you said you'd read about it, I was like, please watch the rest. So I don't have to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I will definitely watch the next season, at least some of the episodes of the next season. It ends. I I said this in the the um newsletter review it's not really a spoiler it ends on a cliffhanger which so did the last season it's it's kind of that kind of show similar honestly to mike sure's the good place in that way of there's sort of like a little twist at the end of every one of these so it's mainly comedy but also there's a lot of drama i thought there was too much drama in some ways and also yeah this is what i we already talked about this but it just got so busy i don't know if that's what turned you off or if it was just the plots that they were going into in the first three seasons, the first three episodes were not of interest to you. It just got so. The next episode, I was like, "Did I miss something? Like, wh- how are we here?" And it was just like a new plot, a new like, I don't know, scenario. No, literally, that's exactly what my issue was too. Well, I feel like the show is a con- was a comedy at first, and there was yeah. sort of this like story behind the comedy. You know, like, was he murdered? None of this is a spoiler for people listening. It's like all in the very first season um, or the like, first few episodes. First, it's basically, first few episodes. Like, it's basically yeah, yeah. like, why is he dead? He's clearly something's weird. He's like 28 or whatever. Right. Uh, and that's sort of health. like 
in the back of your mind, but it's a comedy, I would say first and foremost. And it's a very it, like funny sort of zany setup. Like what if you, what if you could live after you were alive, after you were dead, but in a computer, basically, yeah. I was like, this is genius. And this is like rife with humor, right? Rife for humor. Right. <laughs> it was like a good setup for jokes. And then season two, a little bit started the sort of like the downhill slide, I'll say, with the plot being more forward than the comedy. But this season, I knew that it was bad when we turned it on and we were also going to watch Loki, the new episodes of season two of Loki, like that same night. And Matt goes, I just don't know what's going on in Upload or Loki. And I was like, how are those like one is like a multiverse drama and the other used to be our cute little comedy. Like, what? I know. What How did it come this far? How did it come to this? So that, but that's like basically my issue with it. Like why am I struggling to figure out what's going on in this show? There's so many yeah. storylines and there's a lot of like, not complex science, but just like keeping track of like, how does this universe work? And now there's all these different storylines and mysteries that I'm also keeping track of. Yeah. The, it was easier to suspend disbelief also like for people who haven't seen it, you can kind of with with like the suit and a VR headset, you can jump into the world of where all the dead people have been uploaded. And so like trying to fathom how the real world, ow, I just I just cut myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> trying to fathom how the real world fits in with the like uploaded digital world. And then the layers of the uploaded digital world and like how people can move between them. Because then we've got people like uploaded people on screens walking through the real world. It's just like that in itself in the first two seasons doesn't sound that complicated, but just like tracking where people are and how they can do the things they do is like enough. That's that's like a good amount of complexity. And then, yeah, like you were saying in season three, there's there's just times five of all of the like science and like jumping back and forth and doubling people. And like, I know I don't sound like I'm making any sense, but that's basically how I felt watching that's the third what, that's season. What it feels like <laughs> watching it is what the heck is going on. It's like, why it's, am I in a, suddenly a medical drama and also a like crime drama and also just like, a, oh, I'm having a hard time at work drama. And also like, what is this? It's anyway. like a very almost like orphan black sci-fi drama in parts that I'm like, this is not what I signed up for at all. Yeah. And it's just very odd to me that we've gotten there. And I wanted this to be my like quick little watch, my little comedy fun show, yeah, I which so I excited. think it was in season one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, first, first few episodes in, I was like, well, this isn't that. And so I need to come back to this when I'm in the right headspace to watch what this is now, because right. it's not what I thought it was. It's so much more a satire, like very chosen, specific pointed scenes of satire, less concerned with the like comedy overall, like the overarching fun little comedy world based on people's personalities, like some of our favorite sitcoms and much more, okay, it's funny, but there's a plot we're following. And with that plot, we're going to satirize like prime day and also like, just like pick things in the world and then almost do a sketch within this sitcom about it. Which is, I agree, you need to be in a totally different headspace to enjoy that. It's yeah. okay if it's not a sitcom. I just feel like season one sort of was leading us that way. And then it didn't go that way, which is, I mean, it's just, it's finding its groove, I guess. But I have a hard time 
believing people will like it as much. I don't know what the general mm-hmm. consensus about season three is so far. I haven't talked to anyone else about it, but I just feel like it was the wrong direction to take it. It's subjective, but it's not working yeah. for either of us. And that I feel like this is a show that normally we would just be like, yeah, it's good enough. Like it's fun. It's funny, whatever. Yeah, And we liked the first enough. two seasons. So it's, it's dismal that it's getting bad reviews from both of us. The problem is, is that with The Good Place, I feel like it also escalated season wise and just a lot more started happening but for whatever reason whatever formula they used it worked like it got more complex philosophically i still liked every successive season of the good place but something is not meshing and it was still sitcom me though and upload is it it has sort of ditched that entire like the good place is very much an ensemble comedy ahead of anything else right and i would not really call upload that at all no anyhow um so that was one tv show i we can i could kick it back to you yeah i can talk about castle rock since i segued it and then dropped it yeah so castle rock i wrote about in the newsletter so go read the review for the general thoughts but that's for the audience for jenny (laughs) have you seen any stephen king like movies or read any stephen king books yeah, I'm surprised you don't know this about me slash my family. My dad, very big Stephen King fan, also passed a few of them down to me when he thought, especially when I was young, especially, he was like, when this isn't too creepy, I'll, I'll give this to Jenny. So I read one of his fantasy books, which is not what people usually think of as Stephen King. And then when there were, there were like a few made for TV. The Stand? The Stand, that's the one. So I've seen The Stand. I think I've, is there a, movie of Salem's Lot I may have seen that maybe you would like Castle Rock the show I I don't have that much experience with Stephen King I'm a big it fan I like the I 90s miniseries I really like the two movies it and it, chapter two that came out in the last like what 10 years now but I, and so I guess because of that I just was like yeah I like Stephen King and then I actually thought about it and I was like oh I haven't really like delved that deep into his stuff at all besides it and i don't know like i've seen the shining i've seen dr sleep but he has so many and i've not really yeah i've only sort of scratched the surface there castle rock is interesting because it's not based on a stephen king book and it's not following it's not really following like characters even not specific characters from any of his works but they call it sort of like inspired by yeah, it sounds like it's in the Stephen King universe and they're just pulling people. It is, but like in what? I don't know. I was trying to like parallel this to other authors or yeah, people who have written or created like a lot of stuff sort of set in the same world. But like his stuff is all set in Maine, basically. He's like <laughs> created these like fictional towns in Maine and he's from Maine. And that's the only thing that setting wise is this like, is a through line through all of his works. And so they made this show, they set it in this town of Castle Rock where some of his books are set. And they were like, this is a Stephen King show, but it's not, it wasn't written by him. He was, he's a producer, but he didn't write the story and it's not based on any of his stories. And yet it feels so Stephen King. So I just appreciate that. Like he has such a, a tone or like a voice or a style that they can create an entirely new, a new thing 
barely based on anything besides like setting it in the same town. And it still feels very Stephen King. I say as a person who just admitted I haven't watched <laughs> or read that much Stephen King. That's cool. I, I will definitely recommend it, like I said, to my dad. And also I was thinking when I read your review, it seems like Stephen King in general, but also Castle Rock, maybe you can say I'm wrong on this, is the type of scary slash spooky that Carter would be okay with. It's not like jump scares. It's more an eerie energy with like suspense. Did you say Carter, but also you? Because you don't like scary. Yeah, but somehow I have a higher tolerance. So that's a really, that's a low bar already. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> I offense. don't mean to drag Carter, but I feel like we've mentioned he almost didn't want to watch through Buffy with me because the first couple of episodes, he was like, this might be too scary. He did. Same you dragged with, him before. Drag him again, Jenny. It's fine. Same with, <laughs> with uh, Stranger Things. Oh, uh, Stranger Things is funny because I, yeah, I have a couple of friends that like really hate scary stuff. And that one is like just on the line. Like for people who really hate scary stuff, it's like kind of unwatchable, which to me is like mind blowing. But I like scary stuff, but I'm like, this is not a scary show, is it? Right. I think I like that's where I'm. I'm like Stranger Things and Buffy are not scary. Like they have scary elements, but I they're not a problem at all. They're not like on the line for me. So somehow I'm just over whatever, whatever imaginary line that is for things like Buffy and Stranger Things. Yeah, I want to say Castle Rock is not scary uh, but i have not known to have the best objective sense of what's scary and what's not i think you could certainly watch it i think maybe carter couldn't if i had to make a guess right now but i would say watch the second season i think i sort of said this in my review but they don't really connect it's season one season two they canceled it after that it's an anthology series so season one is it standalone story and season two is its own story there are elements that sort of cross over but it's standalone enough that you really don't have to watch season one and season one is really good for sort of like a slow burn like twin peaks style mystery but there are aspects of it that i thought didn't work super well but season two Oh my God, Lizzie Kaplan is so good. And like, yeah, there are still parts of the story that didn't work super well. There's two disjointed plots that don't weave together as well as I think they could have. However, I would die for Lizzie Kaplan. She is so, so good. She's like, it's so hard for me to even picture her as Janice and Mean Girls anymore because I have her in my head so firmly as a psychopath between this and Fatal Attraction the new fatal attraction that just came out this year at the show. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Katie in Mean Girls would describe Janice as a psychopath, but that's just, it's just funny to have seen like for so long in my head, she was was just Janice. And anytime she would pop up in anything else, I was like, look, it's Janice, Mm -hmm. but she's been in so much in the last like 10 years. A lot of it was stuff I didn't see, but now that I'm starting to see more of her and my two examples were Castle Rock and Fatal Attraction, but like she plays a very similar unhinged like a, i mean she's a literal psychopath in castle rock she's playing a young annie wilkes mm. uh have you seen misery the no but i know some yeah i know yeah the so general, she's playing but... a younger version of the like the main character in misery so like very much a psychopath and then she's playing they're both i guess like adaptations of old movies in a way because fatal attraction the show mm. like she's playing glenn close's character mm-hmm. and obviously again psychopathic and she's just so insanely good at, at being insane. 
it's it's remarkable. I can't believe she didn't win an award for Castle Rock. It's like one of the best performances I've ever seen. Dang. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's reason enough to watch it. I like Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Recommend. What's your next show? Well, I mean, this one's a uh, gamey, but Great British Bake Off. It's uh, so lovely. I'm loving it. Every Friday I get so excited because I can too. watch a new episode. Oh my gosh. I'm going to make pumpkin weapons today and watch that. That, made, that just got me so excited. I made some pumpkin bread last night. So we're on, we're, we're on the same schedule, basically. Yeah. I'm going to have to maybe load, preload it somehow. Can you do that? Oh, for net, you could do that on your phone for Netflix or like an iPad, but um, I'll be on the train this evening. So maybe I'll want to watch it then. It's been so nice. I love that they, that they do it still week by week. I think I would have binged it already and it would be over and I would be sad, but now I have something to look forward to every Friday. And I have, I had my favorites starting episode one, which doesn't always happen. I'm, well, I'm I have, we it. have a very clear favorite. Don't, do we agree on where well, I think we can, it's not a spoiler to say who our favorite is. I'm scared because I can't remember anyone's name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can discuss favorites offline. No, just uh, tell me your favorite and I'll tell you if it's my, my favorite. Tasha. <laughs> oh, obviously. Yes. Obviously. Okay. Thank you. But clear also. Favorite. Oh shoot! What's her name? Um, it has a K in it. The one that Noel really likes to say. Okay, this is going to be bad. Hold on. I think the more we talk about this, the more scared I am. I think it's fine to say one person because, like, what are the chances that like the one person would have gotten out already in the first four episodes? But I don't want to say more just in case. Oh, and I, I won't know who you're any... talking about, and I agree. I like that person. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> um, I am. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch more. It makes me so excited. Or it makes me so, what's the word? I feel like I'm sharing something with them when I'm baking and watching it. And then I'm listening to them talk about literally words I've never heard. Pastries, I couldn't even fathom were a real thing. And I'm there with my pumpkin bread that I've made 25 times in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every once in a while, that, I'll be inspired. The same recipe. But yeah. I can't do I'm it. I'm surprised and there. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say there was a moment last episode where one of the ladies, I I also don't really remember all the names except for my favorites. One of the people on the show was doing poorly, rather poorly. And she was just so cheery. She was just so smiley. And I was like, this is I know. exactly why I like this show. Like she had no negative energy about her and she knew she was doing badly. It was yeah. so nice. Yeah, I read there was I think it was a Guardian um article that was like, is this the dullest episode of Bake Off ever? And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> do you what do you want? Bake off for your suspense Top and your like energy? Yeah, what? Watch Hell's Kitchen. This, Leave me alone. It's just as delightful as always. But yeah, I don't know what week this is that we're coming up on. Live, I think. Week. No, I just Oh, meant, what's like, the vibe? The What's no clue like, the vibe <laughs> this week is bread <laughs> what's the theme there is a bread week is it bread no, week? i know <laughs> wait no i think it was already bread week it was already bread week we just did pastry week i believe there was you know chocolate what i week. don't care for chocolate week i don't care for chocolate week it's always so hectic i think it's such a unique thing to do chocolate work that's why there's like separate chocolate shops rather than like every bakery that makes a variety of things yeah and they're always talking about like oh like the chocolate's gonna like crack or it has to melt and then cool at a certain specific temperature and i'm just like there's 
no need for you to know this. I feel like it's so different from the rest of what they do. Yeah, I would argue that's not baking. I would oh agree. <laughs> oh my, to say. Well, last year they did have a taco episode or taco challenge. So I think they're just, they're branching out. Maybe they yeah. shouldn't be. You know we what I did? are being really long-winded today. I still have like I know. four movies and three TV shows on my list. <laughs> I have what? only one left. Okay, let's just go. Let's go to yours and then I'll try to be succinct. All right. The last thing that I wanted to mention and to talk with you about was lessons in chemistry which i watched the first two episodes and now i have different thoughts now that i've seen subsequent episodes oh okay i still haven't watched okay i kind of wanted them all to come out because i don't feel like waiting week per week for that one but i i kind of want to hear your thoughts on the subsequent episodes i kind of want to wait to make my own opinion but that's literally not what we do here. So tell me your thoughts. <laughs> well, I will try not to say too anything too detailed or definitive because I still, I, I haven't seen everything that's out. I think I've only seen four episodes and now there are five. I don't know. So one more um, than when you'd reviewed it. Yes. One more than I when I'd reviewed it. I already, when I reviewed it, I think I mentioned, I didn't really quite understand the the changes they were making from the book that they decided on, which were mainly um, edits about the relationship, like the main relationship in the, in the book and like when they met and how they got their dog, like kind of like small details. And I was just like, I don't really see why this changed. It doesn't, doesn't seem like it's like they're cutting for time. They're just changing these, these details. Um, and then and then <laughs> there's there's like a thing that happens in the books. This is really hard to talk about without spoiling anything that you know, because you've read the book. There's a sort of like jump scare thing that happens in the books that then propels the rest of the story forward, which happens pretty early on in the books and also the TV show. Um, and then it like, I don't, I I even less understand how they're, how they're turning this into a TV show this way. Like they changed enough from the books that I was like, oh, okay, well maybe post jump scare section of the book slash TV show, other things will be different. Can I spoil one thing, which is mainly like a narration device? For me or for like, is it actually a spoiler? Or is it, are you asking me because I'm particular for you. about knowing things? It's fine. I don't think this is a spoiler for people unless like they'd be, so the, quote unquote spoiler is in the book, the dog is the narrator for a portion of the time in the TV show. All of a sudden, in like episode three, the dog becomes the narrator voiced by BJ Novak. Oh, really? Weird. I, I was just like, this is maybe too surreal. Like this is something that worked for me in the book. I don't know that it's working for me in the TV show. It feels like a different type of TV show now than it did in the first two episodes. And I'm just a little lost. I'm like a little off kilter. I've read the book. Like I know where everything is going. I'm trying to keep that separate and not be like, oh, they're changing everything. Like what? Like I think they could have changed that to be honest with you. I think when adapting things for television or movies, absolutely things have to change. I just want it all to make cohesive sense in what I'm viewing. And right now it makes sense plot wise, but like the vibes are weird. So that's my takeaway. I felt like while I was reading it, 
I went through a couple shifts in, internally about sort of how I was viewing the story and what the tones shifted in the book enough that I was like getting my footing a few times. That might be and true. So, I just forget. Yeah. But not in a negative way. I think in a way that ultimately worked. It's just that I sort of went in with one expectation. It wasn't quite that. And then the story shifts, like you said, kind of early on and you're like, oh, it's this now. And then tonally, it, it is just like a bit wacky. Like it's not, I went in expecting like just a rom-com type story, like a mm. cute little fluffy, whatever. It's not quite that. There are dark parts. There are, I don't know, it's more like narratively heavy, yeah. but tonally it can be kind of like light and wacky mm-hmm. or stylistically. And so I did wonder how that was going to translate to the show. I kind of thought they were just going to take all that out. So it's interesting to hear that they did not and that it's not working super well for you. Yeah, they've also added some, they, they've added dimension to some characters that I don't dislike, but is just like more, there's more plot happening with side characters than there were in the books. Uh, and I'm curious to see where that goes right now. It just seems like they're adding there's it's already a little bit complex of a of something to adapt and they're adding more to that. So we'll see. It's not like I it's not my favorite show that I've ever watched. It's my favorite adaptation, but I will probably watch another episode. That's making me feel like I'll watch it in six months when I remember about it because I already was not super excited to watch it. I get nervous about adaptations. Adaptations, yeah. Uh, And the other thing I'm supposed to start watching today, All the Light We Cannot See, another Mm. adaptation that I was nervous about and I'm feeling more nervous about now that the first reviews were bad. Oh, no. Okay. I like to not look before I watch, but with this one, I just happened to see it. And it was so low on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that I I won't go into all my issues with Rotten Tomatoes. I was going to say, I don't really trust Rotten Tomatoes. As low as this, you got to suspect something's not going to be. What was the score? Uh, It was like 30%. Critics. Oh, you know, that doesn't sound, that's fine. Which I know we've <laughs> talked about this before, but I always feel the need to remind people since nobody knows this. When Rotten Tomatoes lists a critic score, it's that like for this one, 30%, it's that three of 10 reviewers gave it what Rotten Tomatoes subjectively deemed like a high score, like a passing grade. So mm. three out of 10 reviewers who watched All the Light We Cannot See gave it like a B minus or better. And seven out of 10 gave it like a C plus or worse. But then all the critics have their own scales. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the cutoff. I like, I I I was going to say C plus does not seem like a a passing. I mean, a not passing grade. Sorry, go ahead. It might be included in that. But again, that's why this score is so stupid. One, because it's not like documented clearly. Two, because reviewers all have their own scales and they mean different things. And you have to read a review to understand what a C plus means to them or a two out of five or whatever. And three, if you have like a C plus as a passing and this number is just calculated as a pass fail. 30% doesn't mean like it, it was, was 30%, for 30% good. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's it's calculated also differently than their audience score, which is actually an average of everyone's star score. So it's so stupid and it makes me mad. And I said, I wasn't going to do the rant, but I did the rant. And anyway, all the play we cannot see a review like coming soon to screens near you. I one I had I'm gonna skip a bunch of the other things that I watched and just tell you that I watched Fargo because we were just talking about it in our last check-in. TV or movie? Movie. Okay. What'd you think? You, 
you have seen the movie yes. and haven't seen the tv show or i've seen some of the seen... tv show yeah so it was what i expected i think it was one of those movies that like i kind of know the vibe and mm-hmm. some of the plot line even though i hadn't seen it it was good it was i'm glad i watched it i think i i say this without having seen too much of the tv show but i think you would like some of the the seasons of the tv show maybe a little bit better than you like the movie because it follows the vibe but separate stories yeah so. i mean i love dark comedy and yeah. this the movie gave the vibe of like I feel like I've seen this before mm-hmm. because Fargo was one of like the first one, like Classic. inspired yeah. the things that came after it that I really liked. And so I have to give it credit for that. But would I necessarily want to watch it again? Like maybe oh. not. No, I agree with you. It's not something that I go back to. I don't, but I don't yeah. need to rewatch that movie. It's good. I don't think Matt liked it as much. He doesn't really have as much respect or interest in the like, Oh, this like started the thing. So it's like worthwhile watching. He's just kind of like, well, we could watch a newer one. Make a better. Inspired by it. And it'd yeah. be better. Interesting. Interesting take. Uh, anything else? I'm, I came to the end of my list. Yeah. I have no real need to say anything about the other shows that I've been <laughs> watching. What are you watching okay. next? I said I was watching All the Light We Cannot See. What's on your docket? I am excited to watch. I know it's not until next week, but I'm hoping to watch it before our newsletter comes out and also before this comes out. But The Buccaneers, it is a show that seems so way up my alley in many ways from the trailers. That's the word I'm looking for. It feels like it might be a blend between like some of the Bridgerton modernized 1800s and then Little Women. And that is exciting to me because while, yes, Bridgerton is not, a cinematic masterpiece by any means it's fun in many ways at least the first season was uh and little women i love it just i'm i hope it's good i'm very excited i hope it's something that i can like easily binge just a little just a little romantic slash period candy for me you won't be able to binge it because it's apple tv so it's only going to be like two episodes and then weekly i think the i think it comes you could be right I mean, you're definitely right about it coming out weekly, but I kind of thought it said three episodes for at first, which I was yeah, it might be three about. about two. That's yeah. enough. It's just, That's I enough don't know. I like I kind of hate Apple TV's model. They're really small. At least like the fact that that's the default model. Sometimes mm. we've talked about this. Sometimes weekly's great. A lot of times weekly's great with shows that like nobody knows, mm. like The Buccaneers. Like it's not a proven show. Like give me more episodes at once i need to know yeah. if i want to spend my time on this i'm not going to wait each week for something i don't know yet if i like yeah it's it's definitely the type of show that it seems like if you liked it enough like there's a there's a threshold that if you were watching it and you had more time you might watch the next episode and that might be the episode that hooks you versus like you're saying like waiting a whole week and forgetting about it and then maybe just dropping off after the first three episodes i agree with you there have been so many, or at least a handful of Apple TV shows that I started and then just like forgot about, or they, I mean, so many of them, like I had to review, so I watched the whole thing, but just the ones that come out week per week and I'm just not hooked. Like, why am I going to keep trying? That's not the even just Apple sisters. TV. That's just like everything. That did happen to me with Bad Sisters, which is, is rude to, to admit, scary. <laughs> I was going to say for Bad Sisters, it had the opposite effect for me. Like I 
watched, I waited every week. I was so excited for, I think it came out on Fridays after I watched the first, because, uh, but I did, I did watch, I think four episodes were out when I started watching. So I had more to hook me than you did. I think I had three and I think I watched the three and then I was like, mm, okay. But yeah. I think maybe four is where it gets like good. Something I can't about really, it. I mean, it's good the whole way, but to hook you like, and everybody gets hooked at different places and it's just so hard when it comes out hard week per week. You know what a good example is? I might've watched more Hello Tomorrow than I did mm. because I think like three episodes were out and I watched the three and I was like, okay, yeah, it was fine. It showed potential. Was I hooked? No. And I never watched any more. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Goes different ways. I hope the Buccaneers is good enough for me to want to watch it week after week because that would be fun. But I'm not like holding my breath. I'm just letting a low level of excitement simmer. I also am supposed to watch something else that I'm forgetting right now, but you didn't want to watch it. So now I'm going to watch it. Paramount or Showtime. I don't really want to watch the Buccaneers. Oh, you're talking no, no. about <laughs> just to be fair. Uh, you're talking about fellow travelers. Fellow travelers, yeah. So that'll also be. It looks fine. I like Matt Bomer, but I just I am not that interested in like straightforward dramas. That's okay. I'm usually it depends. What I are you excited? Say straightforward. It's it's a period drama. It's like that might not be what it's called, but it's set in like the 50s and we all know that's where my that's where I draw the line. You're like, give me here and now or future or bust. Yeah, basically. What are you excited to watch next, if anything? I know you're not excited for All the Light, but. I certainly am not excited about that. Not even just because it's an adaptation of a book and I'm scared. It's because it's on Netflix and I just assumed the worst. But I would say there's nothing really. There's nothing really coming forward, coming soon that I'm like really stoked about for like the oh, rest man. of the year. You know what? That reminds me. I just heard this morning that the White Lotus is officially pushed to 2025. I saw that and too. I knew that that was going to happen, but I still was like, what? I don't even want to be alive in 2024. Just <laughs> put me in a coma, wake me up in 2025 because nothing is going to come out in 2024. It's going to be rough. It's going to be, we're going to have to rewatch a lot of things is what it sounds like. It'll, I mean, it'll all be like, network stuff and that's fine like a new season of ghosts for instance would be great abbott sure but like mm -hmm. these streaming services that take forever to make stuff anyway like the last of us please like 2026 see you then maybe even 2027 who knows no don't be dramatic i was already oh, being dramatic <laughs> i don't know man that seems like enough like there's enough hype about it there's enough money going into it i would not be surprised if they <laughs> they took even more time i don't know wait Halt. I just remembered mm -hmm. last week they announced a date. <laughs> for, um, I so I, I was like perusing the TV premiere dates as I do. And randomly, the curse got a premiere date. And I had no idea that that was coming out soon. It was like something we talked about in our fall TV preview. Mm -hmm. Or no, sorry, not fall TV preview. Literally in our early 2023 here's what's coming out in 2023 shows we're excited about like oh. they announced it that long ago but then there was nothing about it no words no trailers no release date no nothing uh and to jog your memory the curse it's the nathan fielder benny safty show starring emma stone 
Cool. And so like oh. we talked about it in our yeah. preview because we were like, th- those names are good. I feel like that's going to be yeah. good. No clue what it was going to be about, but it, it comes out in like two weeks. They finally gave oh, it a shoot. date and I was just like looking through the dates and it was on there. And I was like, how did nobody say any words about this? It comes out November 10th on Showtime. Like why did, the, why are they shoving fellow travelers down our throat? And there's no trailers <laughs> for the curse. I will be honest. I have not seen any trailers shoved down my throat for the fellow travelers. So that might be a you thing, but it's every other commercial on Hulu. As I was watching Castle Rock, I think I saw the trailer for fellow travelers 70 times. I get, oh, the things that I get on Hulu are weird. They think I'm old. I just get like pharmaceutical company. I don't know, whatever. We don't even I mean, I get those too. Those are most of the Hulu ads for sure. But yeah, I don't know if they don't have a trailer. I haven't even looked at looked for a trailer for this show, but it sounds good. It's it said it's about how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their problematic new HGTV show. Like Love there's it. so many things going on <laughs> in so that many layers. I'm like, what, what's going on here? I can't wait. I really can't exactly. wait. Also, the dad from Psych is in it. And as oh, I whoa. found Psych. Mega fan. Yeah. <laughs> I I just so excited for the so show. Excited. I hope it's good. Me too. That's not so far away. That's next week. No, literally seven days. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be Sooner. one day away. So everyone get excited for tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. Cool. I think that's all for now. Yeah, we'll catch up again, probably for another streaming service, uh top whatever. <laughs> we have one left. We have to do our Paramount top shows on Paramount. I'm certain Our we're Paramount missing top shows on Paramount. Yeah, we'll we'll do another look through to make sure we haven't missed anything. If there's any sort of like list you guys, our listeners would like us to work on, let us know. We're always down to hear thoughts on new themes. Otherwise, catch us for our next whatever we do. Whenever we do it. <laughs> Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 